Let's put the rad in radical. If you're looking to expand your life, then you've come to the right place. We're Amanda, Ali, and Reina, and each week we're setting the scene to level up our everyday lives in all areas. Mindset, lifestyle, community, and more. And we want you to come with. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Let's Put the Rad and Radical. We've had such a high off of our last episode with our special guest, Kat Harris of The Refined Woman. Um, she opened the door to such a great dialogue, raw, honest conversation about dating and relationships and her faith and sexuality and judgment of others and self-reflection. I found it so refreshing to have such a, a, you know, a vulnerable conversation about something that is completely natural to us as women, as men, to however you identify. The real value to me was that it opened this, maybe this opportunity for us to answer a lot of the questions that we get, that we get which is questions about our relationships or our experiences or our difficulties, or even the things that really light us up within, um, you know, our sexuality or our dating lives or our um, ability to explore our divine feminine in different ways. And that was a conversation and a question we actually had for Kat. And the feedback we've gotten about this episode has been so stellar. So many shares, so much great um, engagement of you know women kind of exploring themselves and not being so shy to do that or ashamed even that word got used a lot in that last interview so you know I would love to hear what were some of your takeaways from that and, and maybe we can use this as an opportunity for us to share um, a little bit more about our thoughts on the topic and and really and really dive in what were what was the thing that resonated with you the most I really enjoyed her story, but I think what I loved most was it was probably the first time we had the word masturbation said on our podcast. Yes. <laughs> I will maybe use this as an opportunity now to let parents know that maybe going forward, pause it if you're in the car with your children as we go into this episode and have these conversations. Who else felt that like shift of like, oh, shit, she just said masturbation when that happened? Oh, I was all giddy and I was here for the conversation because those are the things that it's almost like those are the conversations you have with your besties and to have it on such a public forum is very bold. And I don't know why it should, it shouldn't be bold. It's not like it's, it's just still such a taboo word, but yet if I got with my besties and you girls, I'd be like, what, what do you guys like to do? What, what's happening? Right? Like very personal questions. And it's funny. Cause I shared with you guys, my, my old, old best girlfriends, when we were in our twenties, we used to buy each other like, our favorite vibrator for your birthday present. So that year, if there was a new trendy vibrator or something that you loved, you would get that as your birthday gift from the girls. And we what would- What a squad, what a squad. <laughs> we would open these up and you would know, cause we'd be out to dinner and you'd be like, the gift is coming, what is it? And you knew that it was something buzzworthy. <laughs> and um, you know, like it just, back in the, I don't wanna say even back in the day, but maybe it's who you're comfortable with, but making sexuality public or being able to talk openly and her story she like she proudly says mm -hmm. and with some shame and with some mixed emotions she was a 30 year old virgin and it's so interesting because i keep thinking man what if sex was off the table in my 20s and 30s or if that wasn't would i have anguish over it or would i have more peace there like, was a lot to dissect there and i think that's a really powerful thought is what does that 
that sexuality in your life play in terms of the role of, of how you grew up, of what your experiences were, and even in your dating life. I thought it was really bold of her to say that. There's a lot of, you know, and, and this was something that I could relate to definitely was I was certainly someone who felt that shame, felt that taboo, definitely more of the prude um, in my crew of friends. In fact, it's funny, you mentioned that about you guys getting each other vibrators as gifts, but for one birthday, I think I turned like 15 or something, my bestie got me just a red G-string. Like, like, I think you could have gotten it at any like lingerie store where, you know, it's like wrapped up as like a rose and, <laughs> and it has like the little stem or something. And she just thought it was hilarious. And I was so pissed off at her for getting that for me. That's That was my typical reaction. It was complete anger. It was disgust. It was shock and awe. Like I just, there was no part of me that was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like there was no curiosity. It was just insta judgment for me. And so I think it's really a beautiful, healthy thing that, that you were in such an open space to gift each other something like that and make it a memory that now I hear that and I'm like, wow, that's really hilarious. But I know 15 year old me would have been pissed if you would have given me something like that. <laughs> well, maybe that's what it was. Cause I was just thinking as Ali was sharing that I'm like, how awesome to have friends through your twenties that did that right where you'd go out to dinner and a dildo is in your gift bag right but at that age at 15 I would have to say I probably also would be like I have no what is this right what is this and why yeah. is it in a gift bag um yeah it's just interesting to me how can I ask how old you were when you lost your virginity oh I will yes I think I was like 18 and okay. and that was late like I actually yeah. what I was gonna discuss is like I felt pr like not pressure, but I felt like maybe something was wrong with me that I wasn't in that 16, 17 bracket. And I did have a long-term boyfriend and he was like my first love. Oh, I remember you, Jeff. And you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it, I remember when it happened, I was like, is this it? This, uh, this, so this is it. Like, was it, was it amazing for you guys? If you don't want to share your age, you don't have to, but like, I remember it being a bit wah wah. Well, I was not much older than my daughter now. So it's terrifying for me to talk about out loud and know what may be going through her mind right now. Um, but I was in my teens, early teens, whenever I lost my virginity. And I remember the same thing. I remember like it was the senior and I was a freshman. It was the senior and it he was a basketball player. And so, I mean, hey, like, I'm not even going to say his name because I have friends still in my hometown. So I'm not going to say anything, but I just remember like, just being like, well, that was, that was, that was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anticlimactic, if you will. I agree. Mine felt the same. However, I was older than both of you and that I was 21 and I didn't feel any pressure. I felt completely confident in my decision. I was like, F everybody. I don't care if everyone around me is doing their thing. Power to you. It's not my thing. And I'm not down. And that was okay with me. And I found, um, I found it a very empowering decision. Even then, I just remember being like it's it's going to be in a long-term relationship which it ended up being it's going to be like I was never one for flings and a lot of dating and things like that I, I and and of course no judgment to anybody who was like I had friends that, that was totally their jam you know and that was fine but for me it was I I'm I'm kind of like a you know a one person gal and that's what I'm looking for and it's got to feel like the absolute emotional 
real deal for me before I do anything else. And, and I, I don't know that that had anything to do with anything other than my intrinsic opinion. I don't think that that came from, because it certainly didn't come from people, friends or anyone around me. They were doing their own thing. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think it came, like, were you raised to, like, she was sharing, like, the you don't have sex before you're married. Is that how you were raised or what you heard growing up? No, I mean, religion was, is never, has never been my family's thing. It is not my thing, which is another aspect of the interview with Kat, actually, that I found really interesting and compelling to learn about because it's never been something that my family has ever, in fact, I, that topic never came up. Like anything I learned about sex ed was in school after you turn 16. I think for us in, in it's secondary four, sec four that you start learning about stuff like that. And so, you know, yeah, with school, it was having good girlfriends who were just willing to share, willing to talk, listen about the fact that, and, and not judge me about the fact that I wasn't interested in doing those things, but that I was curious. Like I've always been a lover of learning and that was, fun to be part of the conversation without having to participate until I felt good to go. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to hear the different perspectives, but I'd, what about you guys? Was there, you know, Kat was mentioning her faith and, and, and religion being a big part of it and God and, and, you know, shame or judgment, or does it make you sinful or things like that? Like was religion at all part of your upbringing or did it impact any aspect of your beliefs or thoughts around your decision to do it? Like what did that play a role at all? Curious. Mine was, mine was completely just based on what others were doing. And I wanted to keep up with the Joneses in the sense of it was an experience that I knew was there. I loved a good makeout. So I was like, well, the next thing has got to be this or this. Oh, he touched my boob. Amazing. That felt pretty good. Let's put the P in the V. Like it just progresses from there. And so it's funny. I mean, Raina, I know you were raised completely different. Um, I didn't have, I'm the same as Amanda. I don't have the religious um, faith. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a bit jealous because there have been times in my life that I would have loved to have had a bit more grounding, not necessarily in God, but maybe in a more of a spiritual nature. Because I remember when I lost my first grandparent, I turned to my parents and I was like, so what's happened? What happened? <laughs> so where, so where, where did they go? Like I had no bearing in any sort of spiritual thing. And I guess, you know, it doesn't tie to sex, but I would have, I, I really appreciated the way that she talked about it. And a part of me would like to have a little bit more of that. Well, and on my end of things, it was interesting to hear because, you know, for me, I don't know that it helped my view, religion specifically helped my view of what sex was or waiting to marriage or any of that. Like, my parents divorced when I was six and my dad remarried and when I was nine. And when he remarried, he got into church and he actually became a preacher. And so I am a preacher's daughter. And because of that, I think that I, I searched for the wrong things on purpose, right? Like almost challenging that religion, which is why it was crazy to hear how she kind of was like, no, I'm not going to, this is my religion. And I was like, well, I'm going to see why it's so bad. It was kind of my outlook on it, if that makes sense. Well, I think it's a powerful reflection too. It's, it's interesting how it can go from one or the other. She was like, I'm going to run with this. And I realized that, you know, and she did, she did do the dating thing. And, you know, 
and I and mentioning how she decided to give that you know the whole experience a fair try and then sort of later decided actually you know what now I'm going to wait till marriage and and now that's where I'm at so um it can be the opposite too though where you're like well what's so bad or what's the deal like I'm curious to know a little bit more about it I thought that was really interesting too but it's so crazy that a lot of women tie their worth to sex right you know um who they slept with um, how many, you know, there is a, a, a power and a deficit in the sexual culture, I think, right now. And I was wondering, you know, when I first met my husband or when I dated other guys, a couple dates in, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I'd like to have sex with this guy. Like, that's a natural, normal thought. And so to hear her having dated men, but not progressing to there, what did you guys feel on your first couple dates with Will or Chad or your partners? Like, do you, did you wait? Did you not? Like, I, I decided to wait a little bit longer than I normally would have um, because I thought that my now husband, when we first started, was, a, you know, a, a different lad, we'll just say. And I was going to play my cards differently. And I intentionally didn't have sex right away. And um, that was just something that I chose. But where did you guys kind of land with your current partners? I think for me, it was an instant attraction. And, you know, if you know our story a little bit, it's that, you know, we, I was backpacking through Europe as a solo backpacker. Um, and the very first time I ever laid eyes on him was in London at a pub. And he took my seat. And then I walked up and was like, oh, and he said, oh, sorry. And then he got up and let me sit there. And I looked up at him as he left and I was like, you're tall glass of water. You're beautiful. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, right from the jump, I thought he was absolutely beautiful. Um, and it certainly is something that crosses your mind. I think sexual attraction is healthy and normal. And, you know, you're mentioning the fact that in this day and age for women, that there's, you know, an empowering and a, a difficult aspect of it or a judgmental aspect of it. And I think that's such bullshit. That's just society that tries to make women feel like a chewed up dead old flower. The minute that you have that experience, whereas for men, they're celebrated for, especially if you've added it with more people. And I think that that double standard is complete shit. And I, I, I just don't believe that anymore. I think it's okay for a woman to be, actually, it's important for a woman to be equally as empowered by a decision they chose to make. Just as you felt empowered, Ali, to choose to play your cards differently with Ben is just as empowering as if you had, you know, done it the way that you had previously of, of knowing yourself well enough that that was what you wanted to do right and of course that leads to life experience it leads to new perspectives and new decisions that you can make like you did with ben but yeah from the beginning i would say there was instant attraction for us um things happen pretty quickly in every aspect of our relationship i mean we moved in together after eight months of meeting each other so and i mean he left a different country he sold I mean, I sold everything I had. We found a little apartment together. We said, well, if we hate each other, someone's going to be out on the street, but at least we'll say we tried. And I mean, he got a visa to move here and the rest is history. So yeah, things went pretty quickly for us, but I can't explain it other than my gut knew. And I never have operated from a place of doing something unless I knew. I, I really want to stress that, that that's something that has felt right for me. It doesn't have to be someone else's path it can be that you just want to experiment and experience um but for me i was like i feel like this could go somewhere so i think i'm gonna just dive into it that was yeah well and i was 
I love that. And I love your story. I love both of your stories. I get goosebumps every time you talk about it. I do still feel like we need an entire episode dedicated to you sharing that trip, details, all of it. <laughs> we need an episode where all three of us just share how we met our people. Maybe that's it. Maybe, Maybe that's, that's it. the next one. And if, any, yeah. if anyone listening is interested in this topic, send us a DM. We read yes. them all and we want to know what you want to hear. Sorry, Raina, go. <laughs> and how juicy do you want it to be, basically? <laughs> but you know, I got a divorce and was married for 12 years. And so when I was, you know, presented the opportunity to start dating again, it was like the scariest thing in the world because it looked nothing like it did 12 years prior. And so I went on several first dates, right? Several one-time first dates where nothing happened because of that, because I didn't feel it. And then I went on a date with Chad, one date with Chad. And I was like, yep, gut says yes gut says yes. And you feel it. And it like, I put myself back there and I'm like, how in the hell cat did you control yourself? Unless it just wasn't the right person. And the universe knows it's not the right person. And it's not going to put all the, you know, sexual vibe up in you on the first date. But what if it does, how do you just like close up shop? It's nuts. And you know, let's, can we chat a little bit about dating just because her, her new book, Sexless in the City, is launching this month, actually, and I thought it was so brilliant. I love the title. I love that, you know, you know, girl in the big city, and she's literally doing things her way and navigating that, and that was so, it was, again, an, a, an unlocked door, the catalyst to this conversation. So what about dating? You know, Reina, you were mentioning you went on multiple first dates. What about, you know, for our listeners who maybe they're not in a long from relationship with someone right now maybe they are in that dating bubble and of course with the year we've had how strange is dating now or impossible or close to I mean who knows but I what was that like and and, and did you use an app did you have friends recommend people to you like what was and you know Ali if you have anything to share as well like dating wise before Ben like I'd love to hear it what was that like for you we met on tender but I like I remember signing up for tender before I met Chad and I was on it for like to, like maybe even a month, like 30 days, but I was on it in a way where, you know, like you go to your phone and you like immediately click on Instagram. Cause it's like, you're addicted. I was like on tender being like, no, 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 no. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. And so I got like a couple dates through that, but I remember going on these dates and I, you know, Amanda, you said something where you were like, I am a one woman or one man one relationship person and I'm very similar. And so on every single date, as maybe psychotic as this is, I would picture and be like, does this person even fit into my life? You know, I have two kids and I was divorced and I had a successful business and I had my house and like all of these things where I'm like, I'm not just going to let some, I was at an age where I wasn't messing around anymore, if that makes sense. But being at, you know, 18 to 25, you know, up until the age of 30, like I can't imagine being in the dating market, not having kids, right? Like, I think it just changes things too. So I'm curious to hear Ali's opinion on all that. I must be the slut of the group because I dated hard. Like I had good a- for, Good for you, do that shit. Yes. But let me just preface it by, um, it was an exploration and it was a fine line for me between f- filling a hole in my heart because of a relationship that didn't work out for me um, and, um, redefining and deciding who I wanted to be. I went through a fierce dating phase, um, where I loved at the end of a date, a good makeout. Um, I would decide what the next move would be. 
Um, I would meet a guy at Starbucks. I could meet them hiking. I would meet men online. You I know, have a question. Okay. I yeah. need I, just because you know sometimes, and it's so funny that you are this person because I see you know there's TV shows and people just have like sex with random people and they're like peace out, see you, and maybe maybe won't see you ever again. How as like me, I feel like I would get attached. I feel like as soon as you open yourself up and become vulnerable in that you know, situation, it's like, how do you, I get envious of that detachment sometimes when I see it on TV. Well, I definitely wasn't good at detaching. I was an attachment type of, I was not the, the girl you want. There you go. We love each other. No, I'm, I'm joking. The, the point, I totally agree with what you're asking. And that's why Kat was so inspiring to me because she had such clear boundaries the minute that I didn't have a clear boundary or I didn't know where I wanted things or, you know, if I was feeling with a, if I was just feeling a lot of self-doubt or hurt or fear or worry or anxiety, or I'm getting older, um, that is when I would make choices that didn't align with what really felt good, if that makes sense. So there were, there were a lot of times that I would say, well, I should not have done that. That was, that didn't feel good. Um, and there were times that I was like, fuck, yeah, that felt awesome. Thank you for, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, and, <laughs> and there was everything in between. And those were me finding my building blocks to rebuild who I was um, as a woman. And part of, for me, that piece is a sexuality. And I know that it's interesting for me because I also didn't want to get into a relationship and then wish that I had more experience, if that makes any sense. Like I didn't want to be the girl that was like, man, I wish I had kissed some more guys or I wish I had had sex with this person or that, or I had experienced these things. I didn't want to be that girl. So I made sure that I had experiences and did things that I wanted to, but um, there were a lot of times that I am an emotional woman and I would assume that I guess we love each other now <laughs> that would be a hard no so, it's crazy it, it's such a beautiful thing though to say that and and I'm glad that you did thank you Ali that's important because you know you mentioned when you'd start to feel a certain way that maybe you were looking to fill something like fill some sort of void or make yourself feel some kind of way and I think that's a very empowering thing because on my journey I learned and now we all know that the only person who can ever fill anything for you is yourself. If you are expecting a partner, be it dating long-term to fill any sort of anything for you, then you are always going to have something missing because there is nothing external that can be gifted to you by somebody else that only you can rebuild in such a powerful way. And I think that's really powerful after you know my last breakup, I completely lost my sense of self. I was like, I'm only worthy if they think I'm enough. I'm only worthy if they think I'm valuable. They told me I'm too much, too this, too loud, too close to my family, too love animals too much. Like, I mean, you name it. Everything that makes me me was something that was too much for this person. And I took that really hard. I took that as like the truth until I realized my opinion of me is the only one that is valid. And the decisions that I make that feel aligned for me are the right ones. My body is for me. And it was actually thanks to that breakup that I started to fill that hole, the one that you just mentioned with different things. Like I took myself out on dates alone for the first time in my entire life and in my adult life after that breakup, because I was like, I don't need someone to go eat lunch with. I am my own best company. I can do that for myself. 
I, I, you know, started dancing. I've always wanted to dance. I started doing sassy dance classes. Like this body, this luxurious being is for me. And I finally started to believe that shit. And so by the time I got on that bus for my solo backpacking tour, you know, I always tell him he's the best souvenir I ever brought home, but had he never come home with me, I still have, would have had the experience of a lifetime because I went on that trip a hundred percent complete versus Oh, I hope I go there to come home with somebody, or I hope I go there, like, you know, which I have done. And I had done within those months, you know, I would, um, I'd have friends who'd be like, just date anybody, just date anybody. It gives you stories. It gives you creative ideas. It makes you, and, and I, I was like, okay, you know what, fine, maybe I'll do that. And so there, there were a couple of moments where I wouldn't call it a date, but you know, we'd go for a walk on a beach if I was already there and there was someone in the neighborhood um, who I bumped into and I saw like this happened a couple of times or I went on a hike with a crew of people and one of them was really cool. So we'd, you know, go on another hike with a couple of other people. Like it was just seeing this person a couple of times. I was like, none of this felt right. So why don't I go and fill what I'm trying to by myself first? And then when the real thing comes along, I think I'll know better because I'll know me better. And, and that served me a lot. But you can see where the confusion with sex can be because of course. infidelity comes in. That's where affairs, the first thing when people are not happy, they turn to look for someone else to kiss and have sex with to make them feel whole and good. And I can tell you because I have been through not an infidelity journey, but just find, trying to find myself through others. And that. I don't know if it's the same for girls and boys, but I think that it's really, a, it's hard for women. Well, I was going to ask that about you, Allie. Is that like through your twenties, is that when you did go through that time where Amanda had it after a big breakup, you had it after a big breakup too, maybe, or did you have it before that, that period of like uh, women empowerment and like, I don't need anything. I'm good. And like that independent, you know what I mean? No, I always had boyfriends. I, I yeah. always had had a boyfriend from like high school and then one would done be done and somebody else would come into the picture and I'd have another two-year relationship. And um, it was it wasn't until after a, you know, almost a 10-year relationship ended that I really went on a <laughs> a rampage, we'll just call it. And um, you know, it, it was all the good, bads, and uglies, but it really helped me define some serious boundaries about who I want in my life and who I need to be. Um, and so it's just interesting to see where Kat has kind of gone and come from because the twenties and thirties are huge for that learning, especially oh, as a woman and as, and in today's society with social media. Oh man. You know, I, I feel like and I always have felt this way that I missed out on that piece of things, right? Because I graduated high school and met my future baby daddy and husband literally months after graduating high school, got pregnant, got married, got pregnant again, and boom, you're like stuck with them forever technically, right? So I felt forever that I missed out on that, like go and have sex with people and explore. And like, there's this part on New Girl on Netflix where they're like, just go have sex with somebody to get your mind off of it. And she's like, really? Like, okay. And like goes and dates and it's awkward and hilarious. And I'm like, I never got that. And so when I divorced and had that, you know, freedom to like find out who I was again, like, I think that's the, and I think we talked about that, this already, but I didn't masturbate until I was divorced, like never in my life until I was divorced. And so I feel like there's just this like, 
phase maybe it is, you know, with your through your 20s and then into your 30s? Like at what age do you think, and I, I, you know, I hear it gets better at 40 and I hear it gets better at 50. And so in my 30s, like I finally feel like I'm in a place where no, I know who I am and I know what I want and I know what feels good. And I know how I want to be treated. Um, it's interesting just to see at what phase of people's lives they get to that point. You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. And I know what I'm getting you for your next birthday. Oh like, God. Nudge, nudge. Buzz, Yay. Buzz. Nudge, nudge, buzz, buzz. <laughs> nudge, buzz, buzz. Oh man. Can I tell you guys one story that makes me laugh though? I remember when I was uh, the one of the few times I did date, I was so, I did this so infrequently that I panicked and you guys know me, anxiety and I, we go way back. I had an entire anxiety attack when the person asked for my address so they could come pick me up and we could go to the movie and go for supper that I had to call my friend and ask her how I would tell someone else to get to my house. She had to text to me the directions to my house because I was sweating like a lumberjack, just panicking about this person coming to my place to pick me up. And so it was, I just remember being an absolute basket case. I was ripping my fingers out the whole date long. I was like, man, I'm not cut out for this. I just, I was, I was in my twenties. I couldn't find my way to being confident and comfortable with stuff like that but yeah I loved a good flirt I loved making out like I loved I loved boys like it was just it was such a a high for me to do those things but I was like the rest though needs to be in a space where I feel confident they're sticking around because I'm too anxious for this <laughs> what a what a basket case and I think that the next thing that I loved to kind of piggyback on that is I would love to be the girl that would have been on the other phone you know telling you how to do this there's something so bonding and so fun about discussing sex or what you like or what you don't like or the intimate things with your girlfriends, right? Like, or you, your people, let's just say. Like the, the hours and the wine consumption that I have had giggling with my girlfriends over bad sex, over good sex, over you'll never guess what this guy said or, you know, like now, can you believe, like, what would you guys do if you got sent a dick pic? You well, I'm just thinking now the poor men that we've, that you've been talking about, they're probably just thinking they were like the best ever. And you're like telling stories about over wine to your friends about how funny or awkward it was. It's hilarious. You know, I haven't gotten a dick pic in a really long time, actually. Thank God. I can't say that's ever been an occurrence other than like a very unwelcome, unwarranted social media thing. I, I think social media like takes dating and that whole realm to a whole other place. It was Snapchat. Yes, Snapchat was like- Snapchat infamous. was probably the last time. Yeah, infamous yeah. for the unwanted, unwarranted, unsolicited dick pic, which ugh, just the worst. Yeah. Can we, not, can we not dissect that in a, like in the-, the But fact they're not pretty. <laughs> they're not pretty. So why send it? Well, and who- why, why are you thinking that random women want that? Like, what do you think my response is going to be? Oh, baby, send me nine more. And I want different angles. And please, one from really low. I want one from like low. Like, low. has that ever worked for them? What's, like, I almost want, I'm curious. What's your, what are the stats? What are the results stats? What's the demographic? What's the age? Comment group? below. Comment yeah. below. <laughs> what, how, did that ever pan out for you? Like the person sending that photo? That's, I mean, come on now. 
I, well, I'm, I think that the point of maybe the dick pic is for us to then forward their dick pic to your girlfriends and go, oh my God, can you believe this? And then everybody, I don't know, talks about their dick and they feel good about it. I don't know. It's the same as a lot of girls send uh, booby pictures, tit pics now, right? So are boobs the equivalent to the dick pic? No, because women are fabulous and beautiful. And I really believe Absolutely. that. I will just check out a woman on, I mean, unapologetically doing my best to like maybe hide my eyes but with with just gratitude for the female being I mean women are delicious seriously they really are and and I just don't think a man a man sending a photo will ever compare and yes that's the way I sway but I really stand by women are that's are true. impeccable I mean yeah I, yeah I don't know I do think Ali there's something to be said about having a, a squad of girlfriends that you can chat with. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a household topic that I ever felt comfortable discussing with family. Um, I, but with friends, I was very lucky to have a solid group of girls where, um, you know, I was able to sound in my head as stupid as I wanted, but in reality, they were really valid questions, you know, or just funny anecdotes. And I, I think that that's incredibly important. Did you guys ever have anything like that? Did you either oh, have my, my, my girl squad and you too. I mean, the amount that we share is like unparalleled. And I think it's so, so important. Um, but that's why I kind of give Kat so much credit to actually, there's a difference between me telling you girls and obviously everybody listening to this podcast, but, you know, or my besties, but there's a big difference between that and writing your sexual thoughts, orientation, past history, uh, do's and don'ts um, in book form to put it out to the world. It's like what Kat said. She was like, I used to be a photographer and now I'm a spokesperson for women's sexuality. But don't you think it's different having gone through it versus like, she's not writing the book and telling the story right now while she's like in her, like at 28 being like, I have no idea what I'm doing sexually. You know what I mean? Like she's passed it and has had that experience, but like, listen to how like just empowering she was. And like, she spoke with so much confidence to where you can tell that she knows exactly who she is. And the when the time comes that she's ready to make whatever commitment or whatever decision, like she will be fully confident doing so. And I love that vibe. Oh, love she it. has done the work. Like that's, that's what I, uh, to preface, you know, my stories and stuff like that. I hadn't done the work. I thought that other men would do the work for me, <laughs> you know, that these things would equal me becoming whole and peaceful and good and worthy and all that. So I was just really, I was taken by the fact that she took her life experience, which is very different to be 30 years old and a virgin is an anomaly like that. I don't know anybody who's 30 and a virgin, but to take that in her twenties and into the thirties and turn it into something that she is learning and growing from, Yes, sister. Yeah, I loved that I entire interview. I was so I was so impressed by that. I found that she, you know, like you said, she'd done the work. She wasn't right in the midst of all of the action, but rather she was able to take like a cumulative, you know, bird's eye view of what did I gain and learn here? What are people asking me about? And, you know, that was cool too, was hearing how many people are asking her these questions, but are terrified to ask it because maybe they strongly believe in their Christianity and they felt the shame of, of even wondering, is, is it sinful to masturbate or to go on dates or this and that? I was like, man, this is shit I've never even thought about because I don't share that faith. I, I you know, it's, but, but there's that underlying shame in society, right? So maybe I have, and I just didn't realize it. And that conversation was an eye opener. 
Well, I thought it was funny too. As soon as we stopped the recording and she hopped off, we were all like, oh my God, like we can talk about masturbation and sex now. Like it almost just opened the doors for us to, for me anyway, even more to be a little bit more open and vulnerable about the journey and the entire package, you know? Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. I agree. I loved it. And I I'm here for sex and masturbation from here on in every episode, guys, from here on in on let's put the rad and radical <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> well, tips and tricks. I, I know something, you know, it's funny. We were talking about Bridgerton on a previous episode and Raina was saying she just started to get into it. All of our, our listeners were like, how can Raina say this show is I take for it high back. schoolers? <laughs> nope. I take it back. And we talked about this on a different like a meeting that we had you guys when he like stopped her on the staircase and started like going downtown I was like okay this is not a little kid show anymore and I am here for this Mackenzie get out of the room Chad go downstairs I'm watching Bridgerton now and I was all in it but it's just even in that show right like how much how relatable is it where like they're at a certain age and then they're like okay let's and she knew nothing nothing and this that way it was just such a cool view of how everything was you know and it was intimate like that was the thing is they showed things and it's the same as outlander um same with bridgerton like they showed things that you were like that's intimate and it's awesome and yes we all can relate and have a smile and a little bit of a blush and um feel the heart, you know, beat going a bit more. And you're like, oh, that I'm alive. I'm alive. And then you understand how procreation happens, why we have babies, why we don't, why we enjoy sex. Like it's, it all makes sense. And uh, Bridgerton, I'm here. I might have to rewatch. Well, I think you said the key word is that enjoying it. It's something that should be a, a pleasurable, literally and figuratively experience, I think. And as long as that aligns for you, then however you choose to roll um, in your dating life, your sexuality, your embracing of self, then that is the right way to do it. You know, I, I, I think that it's safe to say we have some season two watchers here um, after that season one. Um, so yeah, I mean, Reyna, what do you think? Are you going to I- be- I am here for season two. I've got reminders set on my phone. I've got timers set, you guys. I'm taking this shit seriously. Come round two. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think we had a blast. If you haven't listened to Kat's episode yet, go back and listen to that episode. Don't forget to like, comment, share, follow. Let us know what you thought on this episode and we will talk to you next week.